BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network, presented by Hercules Tire and brought to you by Wheelan Engineering. It was a busy weekend for a lot of NASCAR's regional and national touring series, especially the Arkham Menard series, as they had a doubleheader kicking off Bristol this past weekend on Thursday evening, where they crowned an ARCA East champion in the Bush Beans 200. And Kyle, a lot of eyes were on Sam Mayer, who, of course, had a lot of luck last year sweeping both the ARCA East race and the truck race. But man, if anyone couldn't catch a break at Bristol Motor Speedway this past weekend, it was Sam Mayer. He, he uh, let's say, crashed in practice for the ARCA <laughs> Menard series the only practice session that happened all weekend at Bristol and he crashed uh crashed early on in the race crashed early in the truck race so all of that luck from a year ago obviously did not carry over to this season because uh as I think I said on our broadcast he kind of hit the trifecta on Thursday night uh crashing three different times but uh tough break for Sam but uh with his bad luck came some good luck for some other drivers yeah, those drivers, of course, being Joe Gibbs Racing teammates. Of course, with it being an ARCA East and ARCA Menard Series combination race, uh, a pretty big car count that included that of Ty Gibbs. And, well, no one really had anyone anything for Ty Gibbs when it came down to that race win. Led all 200 laps of the Bush Beans 200. And his teammate of Sammy Smith would come home in the runner-up position. That would clinch that championship for Sammy Smith. And they had a pretty cool little burnout uh, post-race on the front stretch, nosed up to each other and just burnt it down. Ty Gibbs picking up the win. Sammy Smith claiming that, like you mentioned, the East Championship with a second-place finish, nose-to-nose burnouts on the front straightaway. Special moment there for that team. And in what could be a special season, uh, because Ty is very much in contention to win the Arkham and Ard Series Championship here in a couple of weeks' time at the Kansas Speedway. So it'd be pretty special for, for that team, especially team owner, uh, Coach Joe Gibbs, to have not one, but two ARCA championships in a single season with two different drivers, uh, Sammy Smith in the East and, and Ty Gibbs in the Arkham Menard series, who, by the way, picked up his 10th win. That has not been done since 2002. Frank Kimmel, the last driver to score double-digit victories, and he still has two races left. They go to Salem in a couple of weeks and then Kansas Speedway uh, in early October to round out the season. Absolutely incredible season, Gibbs said. Taylor Gray came home in third, Nick Sanchez fourth, and Corey Hyman fifth. We'll talk to Sammy Smith a little bit later on in the show about his ARCA East Championship and the season he's had. But also this upcoming weekend, a busy weekend for late model racers, more importantly here around the Southeast. The Valley Star Credit Union 300 at Martinsville, basically the Daytona 500 for late model stock racers. Took a hiatus last year because of COVID. Uh, A lot of conversation really over the summer, Kyle, on if this race was going to happen because of the tire shortage that we've seen at Hoosier, uh, the postponement of Rockingham, I know turned a lot of eyebrows up of wondering if we were going to get this race in. A little different. They had to come up with a whole new tire compound for Rockingham. Uh, Fortunately, just enough tire allotment was able to happen. But 70 cars on the entry list for this up and coming weekend. We're finally kind of starting to see the health of this race come back to light. 
That's a, that's a lot of tires right there uh, for, for this weekend. But fortunately, it sounds like uh, we're on the upswing, uh, not only with the COVID issue from earlier in the year, but also on the tire issue that uh, a lot of short tracks and series have experienced this summer. Uh, so we're good to go this weekend at the Martinsville Speedway. You mentioned 70-plus entries. One, though, that's not going to be there is the driver that uh, dominated the race two years ago and won Josh Berry, who has been uh, called out back to the National Series of NASCAR once again this weekend. He'll fill in for Michael Annette on Saturday in the NASCAR Xfinity Series race for Junior Motorsports. So uh, we won't have a consecutive winner, uh, a driver looking for a second consecutive win, but uh, should be a great race nevertheless. A lot of great drivers, including uh, the East champion Sammy Smith, going to be in the field. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of those drivers probably sighed a little sigh of relief when they saw Josh get that phone call. But nonetheless, a lot of big names, $32,000 up for grabs, 300 laps of racing action. There'll be four heats. And then, of course, the 200 lap feature. We'll have the call on MRN.com as well as Track Pass. You can watch it all live there on Saturday night. I'm looking forward to seeing some uh, familiar friends and faces at the race this up and coming weekend. Uh, but before we do take a break and dial up Sammy Smith to talk, we, of course, have your iRacing update presented by Logitech G. It's down to the final two races of the season. They only have Talladega and Texas Motor Speedway left before they have their champion. The third round of the playoffs will be on Tuesday, September 28th on the virtual Talladega Super Speedway. You can catch all the action and the iRacing countdown to green at enascar.com backslash live at 8.30 p.m. and the race will start at 9 p.m. You can go to iRacing.com for all the latest news, featured videos, and more information on the world of iRacing. This iRacing update, of course, brought to you by Logitech G. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll dial up Sammy Smith here on Coast to Coast. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- 52. Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level. Go to LogitechG.com. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. We talked about it. The ARCA East Series wrapped up their championship this past weekend at Bristol, and it was Sammy Smith who would take home the title. He joins us now here on the guest line, fresh off of a flight. So we take you, we appreciate you taking some time here to chat with us. But first off, congratulations on that championship. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. When you guys walked into the year, of course, you teamed up with JGR this year for the first time. Was a championship something that you guys had slated as your goal? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the first we only really had, I think, uh, six races to to start the season. And then after the first couple, we we Gibbs was uh, they could. We were waiting on them to see if they could get uh, personnel uh, to do those last three races, and and they did. Um, so I think we kind of we knew we were going to be in a good spot. We did the best of what we had. 
34 points. Uh, you picked up the championship over Daniel Dye a couple of uh, days now removed from that title. How's it feel to, to be an ARCA East champion? Yeah, it feels good. Uh, just really hung out over the weekend and uh, back on Monday, just getting ready for uh, Martinsville this weekend. So uh, it didn't last long, but, uh, you know, hopefully this weekend we can go uh, try to, it's going to be a tough field. I think there's 70 so cars, so hopefully we can um, go try to get ourselves a buck. Of course, talking about the Valley Star Credit Union 300, which we talked about a little bit earlier on in the show. Uh, I want to go back to Bristol for a second. The double burnout on the front stretch with Ty Gibbs, obviously Ty en route to a championship himself, uh, you collecting that. What is your friendship and what is the teammate dynamic like with Ty? Yeah, me and Ty are really good uh, close friends outside the racetrack. I think uh, that that probably helps the, the teammate relationship a little bit. Uh, sometimes with teammates, you, you don't have that. Um, I feel like, but me and Ty have a really good relationship. He he's willing to help me any any way he can, and and he's definitely helped me a lot through uh, through the season with just trying to get acclimated to the uh, Arca car with all the experience he has. So um, I think uh, definitely definitely good friends, and uh, that was a that was a good time. Three wins this year on the East schedule at, at Five Flags at Nashville at Southern National. How much experience did you have at, at these racetracks and, and how many tracks did you not have experience at and, and how did you adapt to them so quickly? Yeah, uh, New Smyrna, Pensacola, Nashville, and, uh, and Southern National, I, I had experience at probably a couple super and pro races there. Um, I think that definitely helped get, get track time and, and speed up the learning process to get acclimated to the Arctic car. I think uh, these left Dover, Iowa, and um, actually I have been on Bristol. I've been on Bristol and Milwaukee um, in the Super. So I think just Dover and Iowa I haven't been on, and uh, those were the two two biggest aero tracks I felt like that took me a little bit to get uh, used to, but um, Dover, I think we finished fourth, and Iowa we had a right rear go down. So I felt like those were tough tough tracks to get a hold of just because I haven't ran on them before, but uh, I felt like uh, it was good learning experience and, and hopefully next time we go there, we can, uh, we can pick up the victory. Obviously, like you mentioned, coming from pro late models, super late model racing and really making that leap this year, but still dabbling quite a bit in super late model racing. Uh, how tough was it to bounce back and forth between the supers and the pros to the ARCA cars because they definitely drive a lot different being heavy, heavy stock cars and really not having, you know, the braking and the horsepower like supers do. Yeah, it was a little bit different. Uh, I didn't really find it a big challenge as I thought I was going to be at the beginning of the season. Um, I ran the doubleheader at Nashville in the ARCA and the super light miles. So I felt like it, it honestly, everything just slows down with the, with the ARCA car compared to the super super is just so much lighter and, and uh, feels way faster, but um, I think just really slow slows down and, uh, you know, just got to adapt to each car I get into. I think that's what, uh, that's what makes a good race car driver. You mentioned Martinsville coming up this weekend for you. Well, what else is left on your calendar now? I know there's a lot of big end of the season races coming up for, for late models and super late models. Uh, A couple of more ARCA races left as well on the schedule. What's left uh, on your schedule for 2021? Yeah, I'll be running uh, Martin and uh, Chad Bryan's like, and then I got, I think, six or so super races, um, and then I'll run Phoenix at the end of the year in the Arctic car. Always looking forward to going to Phoenix. Of course, they'll crown their West champion as well as the Arc Menage champion there as well. 
potentially good opportunity to have another double burnout if you and Ty can plan it right. Uh, a championship now on the resume in the Arca Series, Arca Menards East Series. What have you in the works for potentially 2022? Or if you have something that you can't share us yet, you know, what are kind of your goals as far as moving forward? Yeah, probably just run more ARCA races. I'll probably run um, everything I can until I turn 18 on the ARCA side. I think I'll miss probably four or five of them just because of my age. Um, so I'll probably run more ARCA races and then I'll run the ARCA East again. And then obviously I'll run uh, probably eight to 12 more super races next year, which which I really enjoy doing. So hopefully uh, we can get all that squared away for next year and uh, just keep trying to go out and win. A final question for you about some of the bigger tracks that you ran, and they weren't all that big because of your rage, but how comfortable do you feel on them? Obviously, you mentioned Iowa Speedway uh, running well until that tire went down. You, you know, so much short track experience, but but how well do you think you'll adapt to, to the big aero-type races on the bigger tracks? Yeah, I felt like I adapted pretty good um, at Dover. Um, we had we were running decent there, and we had a tire go down, and and went two laps down and had to come back from that. So I felt like that kind of put us a little bit behind, but we uh, we were able to get a fourth place finish out of that and felt like practice. Um, I, I adapted pretty well. And then Iowa was definitely, I say Iowa was probably the toughest track just uh, with all the lanes. Um, and then the arrow side, I felt like it was pretty big arrow at Iowa. And, um, but I felt like I adapted pretty good and then probably just uh, hopefully go run more bigger tracks next year and get uh, more experience. Awesome. We look forward to, of course, watching you the rest of this year, as well as this weekend. Again, congratulations on your championship. Yeah, thank you, guys. Again, guys, that is Sammy Smith, your ARCA East champion, and you can catch him in action this weekend at the Valley Star Credit Union 300 at Martinsville. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we've got your Wheel and Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? 
Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. Get back to NASCAR roots by driving headfirst into the new home of grassroots racing. Flow Racing keeps the original NASCAR tradition of dirt track racing roaring with more than 1,300 live and on-demand oval events from across the U.S. Learn how the next generation of NASCAR drivers is prospected in sprint car racing. Subscribe today by going to flowracing.com slash goMRN. That's floracing.com forward slash goMRN. Back here on NASCAR Coast to Coast in time for our engineering driver spotlight. This driver runs in the SK Modifieds, primarily up in New England at tracks like Thompson and Stafford. And you know the last name well. Mike Christopher Jr. joins us now. Mike, thanks for taking the time to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's pretty cool. Your dad, your dad is Mike Christopher Sr., your uncle, the late great king of the Modifieds, Ted Christopher. Our usual first question is, how does one get involved in racing? But I think uh, it's pretty, yeah, pretty <laughs> self-explanatory there. It is. Um, but at what point did you take an interest uh, that, you know, okay, yeah, I, I'm young and this is something that I enjoy and, and maybe want to pursue? Well, I've been going to the track since I was a kid. You know, my mom took me to pretty much every single race that Ted was going to and then um, I'm not like all the others where they started at five, six years old. I didn't start go-karting until I was 10. And uh, I don't know, just kept moving up. You know, I don't really remember too much from go-kart years or even legend car years of like what I was thinking. Um, but I don't know, I just kept moving up the ranks and we won races and then went to legend cars and won races there too. So I think it was just part of the process to go to the SKs eventually. And I started those in 2015. Um, and it just became a part of life. And, you know, definitely now I'm, I'm in that mindset of like, damn, this is, this is something very cool, very uh, aspiring, you know, the, the ability to move up ranks and uh, show yourself in different series and broadcast yourself to a whole wide world of people. And uh, you know, that whole idea of, uh, getting involved in racing and then moving up is something that's really attracted me now, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> Who's the biggest motivator uh, to get you involved? Was it uncle Ted or father Mike? No, it was my mother actually. Oh. Yeah. Which, she... which goes completely opposite from what we usually hear because it's yeah. the moms that usually want to keep the kids away. No, she, I mean, she's been involved in racing uh, she grew up in the Waterford area, so she went to the Speed Bowl uh, when she was a kid, and she's always been involved in racing, obviously, with my dad and uncle, too. But, uh, yeah, she was pretty much the pusher that made me get into go-karts, and she actually bought uh, – there's two different kinds of engines in the go-karts, the flathead and then the animal motor, which has a little bit more power, and uh, she bought the animal motor and, you know, just was like my funder from uh, go-karts and, you know, pushed me to – continue and eventually it just you know led to where we are today and you mentioned that path go-karts legend cars modifieds uh mm -hmm. were the modifieds always on your radar obviously you know that's where your dad made his name that's where your uncle made his name yeah and it was straight to sks you know they had the sk light division but uh, i don't think i mean we ran a couple races in there and I don't know exactly what it was, but we just decided, you know, uh, it was basically my dad saying, I'm just going to throw you to the wolves here and send you to the SK division. Uh, 
the field in 2015 and 16 was full of uh, obviously my uncle Ted, Priest, uh, Bonsignor, Kobe. I mean, there were some heavy hitters in that series. So uh, I feel like I learned a lot in those first couple of years. And uh, yeah, it just led to where we are now. And we're obviously running a couple uh, full-blown tour modified shows with Tommy Baldwin this year. And uh, yeah, it's just moving up the ranks. All this, and you're only 22 years old. How, uh, how have you grown these last three or four years and, and matured behind the wheel since you, you debuted in the SKs? You know, how I said in the beginning, how I just like, you know, don't really remember much from SKs, the early days or legend cars and stuff. Uh, I feel like the real turning point in my whole perception of racing and I could even put it towards life in general too, was when Ted passed away. It was like a real opening of like, uh, you know, why we're here and what we're doing and uh, the passion behind it and all that stuff. You know, I really, but more than that, it goes into the racetrack too of like, you know, learning off of different people and, uh, you know, just trying to better myself as much as I can. Um, you know, these past couple of years, obviously uh, I won some races in 2018 and then 19 was a dry spell. And then I got the opportunity to race with Tommy and we, uh, that's obviously moving up the ranks and, I won races. I won a race in there too. So, um, that whole, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I felt like that moment was like where, I don't know, everything like the light bulb came on and I understood more of like what we were doing and, um, how to get better and learning from other people and just trying to better myself. You mentioned Tommy, uh, Tommy Baldwin, obviously a long time, uh, cup, uh, car owner in the cup series and now uh, expanding his operation of the modifieds his dad a longtime competitor in the nascar wheel and modified tour as well how did that relationship come together for you and tommy uh i'm pretty sure it started through al hankey who is the owner of mohawk northeast not only do i work there but he also has a dirt team up in new york and uh somehow we got connected with him because we found out he has, he had an asphalt modified just laying around at a shop. This was back in 2014. And somehow I got his number uh, through Tommy, I believe. Uh, obviously Tommy knows my family, my dad and uncle. And uh, so that was like the beginning of where we, where I was talking to Tommy. And then we had those stages of, you know, those years of where we didn't talk much at all, but um, yeah, 2020 just came around and we had that, or 2019 I ran one race with Tommy at Stafford and we did pretty good and then he came on in 2020 and said we're going to run a couple more um I think Tommy is an avid believer that uh he he really likes winning races so uh I think that Thompson win really opened his eyes I guess and we came on this year and we're running uh 11 shows with him at the open modified series and you know that series is really grown a lot um, me and Thompson we had almost every single tour driver was in there you know uh, very stout field so I'm very happy and humbled to be a part of that with such a great team I mean Tommy is well connected down south and well connected up here so it's good to to have that opportunity to you know hopefully win races and brand myself that way but also to use the connections that Tommy has to maybe bring me up further um, you know it's it all comes down to winning races, but it's good to have those people too. It'll be a busy year, no doubt, for you between the tour, modified open shows, and the SK on Friday nights. 
at Stafford mm-hmm. and, and whatever, you know, at Thompson, I guess, as well. Um, so what's life off the racetrack for you? At 22 years old, you have a lot going on when you're at the racetrack. What's Monday through Thursday look like? Um, well, usually I work at Mohawk. I'm a, just a construction laborer. I mean, that's, um, I mean, I'm at school too. Uh, I do that, but the online thing kind of set me back. I was just very frustrated at that whole process, but that's another story. But, um, wake up early, go to work from seven to three thirty. this week. I'm actually off because of, uh, school and finals and all that. So I'm lucky that Al Hankey gives me that opportunity to, you know, work on school, but, uh, yeah, work until three 30 and then head to the shop. Uh, usually sometimes I come home for dinner, but sometimes I just stay at the shop until nine, 10 o'clock and then do it all again. Yeah. And as we record this interview, we're about a month into the Northeast season up here. A couple of events at Stafford under the books, uh, a race at Thompson under the books. How, mm-hmm. uh, how would you kind of summarize the first four weeks of, of your 2021 season? Um, our SK program at, at Thompson was very good. I mean, we were battling for the win, and uh, whatever happened there happened. But, uh, you know, that's just part of racing. Um, our, with Tommy, we raced once at, at Thompson, and the car was definitely not what we had uh, the previous time we were out there when we won. But, you know, that's part of the process, too. You know, Tommy said, you know, there's five, six races at Thompson, and we hit almost every single one, but one of them is usually off. And I hope that's the only one because uh, – we obviously have a strong car there, but past two weeks at Stafford, we've been struggling. You know, that's really, um, it's pretty detrimental sometimes as a race car driver. It's very, uh, it's like a mind game that you play with yourself. You could be so successful, so successful at one place and have opportunities here and, you know, think that you're going somewhere in the sport, but then you go to your home track and your home team and everything and we're struggling to get in the top 10. And it's just a work in progress where, uh, you take the good with the bad and, you know, sometimes most of the time actually racing goes pretty poorly. So you just got to set that aside and uh, work on that to become better. But uh, the whole mind game of racing, when things go bad, you can't let it get to you because uh, that's just going to bring everything down. And we're only in the first month of the season, a long uh, season ahead for you to, to tweak on it and get it right. Mike Christopher Jr. joining us here on our Wheel and Spotlight. Thanks for taking the time to, Join us, and uh, we'll see you at the track real soon. All right. Thank you. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. 
Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level. Go to LogitechG.com. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 19. 19- Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTires.com. There you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTires.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. The Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series pretty much come to a close now, Kyle. Of course, really this last weekend being the last weekend for these guys to accumulate points. We've talked about it quite a bit throughout the season. Peyton Sellers has had a phenomenal summer season. Jacob Gady, Todd Patnone, Eric Reed, Craig Van Doren, kind of your top five. Sellers, though, sits atop of those points, 596 over Jacob Gady's 560. With the stats, that again, and this is unofficial, we have a pretty good feeling here that we might see Sellers capture that uh, championship title. Yeah, as we uh, as we tape this show uh, late on Tuesday, we believe a, an announcement is forthcoming here in the next day or so. It'll be if uh, if he does clinch it, and we expect him to his second national title, first in 16 years since 2005. A great season, as you mentioned, 37 starts, 21 wins, 29 top fives. He got out to a huge lead early on. Uh, guys like Jacob Gady and Todd Patino, they had a, a pretty good mid to late summer where they were able to close that gap just a bit, but uh, Peyton had just such a large cushion over a hundred points most of the summer that uh, it would have been tough to, to make up that much ground um, and, and get that many full point races and, and full fields late in the season. But uh, got to give the guys second through fifth credit because they, they tried. Yep, looking forward to talking to Peyton Sellers in the forthcoming weeks about that championship. But it's been a busy week up in the Northeast for the Modified guys. Seems like they've been in action pretty much every weekend the last month or so. We're at Riverhead this past weekend for the Miller Lite 200, honoring, of course, the life of Eddie Partridge. I got to see some clips for that. It was uh, definitely a neat memorial and how they did things. Uh, And I know a lot of people had a lot of emotions going into the race weekend, but Cool to see Patrick Emerling capture another victory. Justin Bonsignor came home second. Roger Turbush, Kyle Soper, Eric Goodale rounding out your top five. Kyle, they're headed to your neck of the woods, though, this up-and-coming weekend to crown a champion, and there's only 16 points between Emerling and Bonsignor right now. You're one and two. And Patrick Emerling won the Spring Sizzler earlier this year at the Stafford Motor Speedway, where the champion will be crowned uh, this coming weekend. Justin Bonsignor 
He is 0 for 40 at Stafford at the half mile. Just don't tell him about it, but we have the, the no, he doesn't want to hear it. Uh, Ryan Priest reminds him enough on Twitter, and I yeah. think Doug Kobe joins in on the conversation as well. But what a good time for Patrick Emerling to be hot, coming off of a, a race win at Riverhead. Uh, and you have to wonder if he didn't have that those uh, transmission issues at Richmond Raceway a couple of weeks ago, the, the same issues that Justin Bonsignor had in the same race, the championship could be uh, that much tighter. But uh, 16 points, still a tight race going into this weekend. Anything can happen. They're expecting a really good car count. Uh, all the regulars, plus the likes of uh, Stephen Kopsik, uh, hearing is going to have a ride for this Saturday. Uh, Bobby Santos going to be there this weekend. So uh, some outsiders coming in as well. So it's going to be a great show. Uh, it's going to be on NBC Track Pass this Saturday evening. I believe 6.30 is about the green flag time. Definitely been refreshing to have a somewhat of a, a tight points battle in the modified. The last couple of years, I feel like Bonds and you was kind of just checked out about mid-season. So it's been fun yep. to be have this close points battle. Uh, the Euro Series was also in action at Croatia. Of course, they have double header weekends every time they're in action. On Saturday, it was Loris Hazeman over Vittorio Gorelli and Jacques Villeneuve. Villeneuve, Villeneuve. Jacques Villeneuve. Yes, yes. Formula One veteran. He's been around yeah. a while longer than you, which is uh, racing Probably. longer than you've been alive. So Great. Thank you. Uh, on Sunday, it was Gianni or Gianmarco or Coley over Loris Hazeman and Alon Day. Right now, they have two more race weekends left in the season. And as the points sit, Loris Hazeman has a 25-point lead over Vittorio Gorelli. This upcoming weekend, though, there's plenty to watch between the Valley Star Credit Union 300, which we already talked about. But the Arco West will kind of kick the weekend off as they head to the bull ring. On Thursday for the Star Nursery, 150, 23 cars on the entry list. It is a female star-studded list in the sense of there are five gals currently on the entry list. This is the return of the Ambers. You've got Amber Slagle, Amber yep. Walken. You've got Bridget Burgess, Mariah Bordeaux, and JoLynn Wilkinson. Uh, good to see a healthy car count for the Star Nursery, 150. All we're missing is Hannah Newhouse out there in the lineup. And, I'm uh, on Thursday. Got to make it a six-pack of ladies. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great show. Jesse Love, the championship point leader by 19 over Jake Drew. Uh, three races to go. Uh, Vegas this weekend, uh, actually Thursday night. They go to All-American Speedway on October 9th in Roseville, California, and then wrap up the season here on the Motor Racing Network November 6th at the Phoenix Raceway to kick, kick off championship weekend out there in the Phoenix Desert. And if you don't have enough to watch with that already, including late models and, uh, of course, Arca West, we're going to throw a Pinty's triple header at you as well. They got rained out a few weeks ago for their second race. Uh, it's already been a condensed season for them as is. They're going to go ahead and do three races this weekend at the Delaware Speedway. Uh, it starts on Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time. They'll have the Canadian Tire 150. Then they'll pull a double header on Sunday. Uh, roughly 4 p.m. and then 5.30 p.m. Eastern time for the Quick Quick 125 and the fall brawl right now, Alex Tagliani leads 11 points over LP Dumoulin. I, as a driver, cannot imagine going into a single race weekend, having three points races at the racetrack in mind to decide a championship. Like that's going to be intense, Kyle. But yeah, it's going to be a, a great weekend. And it's something I think the series had to do. They knew, uh, they knew that they wanted to end the series and the season this weekend how do we make up for those other events that we lost a couple of weeks ago? Uh, Autodrome Chaudier got rained out. Uh, one of their events, unable to get it rescheduled. So let's move it to uh, to Delaware Speedway. 
and uh, going to be fun. Uh, so three races uh, with a fairly tight points battle, 11 points between Tags and Dumoulin. Um, going to be fun to watch. You have that, like you mentioned, the Modifieds as well. You have the, the West Series, the, the late model race. What more could you ask for? Racing from coast to coast, literally, and north of the border. Literally, yeah. We've, we've got it internationally, you name it. We got it all pretty much available on NASCAR's Track Pass or NBC's Track Pass over the weekend. So plenty of racing action. We'll have the opportunity to recap it all next week. First off, again, we want to say thank you and congratulations to Sammy Smith on the ARCA East Championship. But we're going to recap all the racing action next week here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. I'm Hannah Newhouse for Kyle Ricky and producers Craig Moore. We'll see you next week here on the Motor Racing Network.